Hello and welcome back to Cantina Side Hustle, brought to you by The Cinema Mechanics. I am Brett Mosier, and I am once again accompanied by Travis Santana and Andrew Pabone as we continue a review of the Star Wars original series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Today, we'll be talking about part four. Boys, I would love to know your quick thoughts of episode four before we really start getting into the, the questions that I'm sure we all have about the episode. Uh, well, I apologize, first of all. I thought I was going to have audio issues. Apparently, I'm having video issues as well, but I I'm having audio issues because uh, I, I have to kind of keep my tone low because I'm actually recording live from an Imperial control room. Uh, and Tala is here as well. She's talking into a microphone. I think she's doing a podcast as well. So uh, just sorry if the quality is not as great. Well, just don't get I questioned. just wanted to make a uh, joke, so should, do you want me to really tell you how I feel? Well, I would just say the episode, I think, was the joke, so I don't want to, like, <laughs> um, wait, did I already reveal my hand? I was really going to try to go into this episode with a, a more open mind, because I felt like I was the wet blanket negative Nancy of last week's episode. That lasted uh, at least two or three minutes before I started just tearing the show apart again, so I, I'm sure we'll all get to some of the some similar notes at least brett it seems like you will andrew i don't know what did you think i think brett and i always go first so i feel like i should go last uh i uh <laughs> i gave this show the benefit of the doubt up until episode four and i feel like i i can say that's when the show jumped the shark for me but it probably did it long before but that's that was the official stamp where i'm like okay this is there's no excuse for how shitty the writing is in this show at this point or the story. Uh, me and Travis, I've we talked about it on, on Hollywood Chop Shop. I tend to forgive shitty or worse acting or bad cinematography if I think the story is really engaging. Like I, I can I can forgive that. You know, I watch a lot of YouTube stuff where, you know, the production value might not be there, but I think there's a lot of thought that goes into the story that's being told. At this point, I don't think this show has anything going for it with the exception of i do get to see ewan mcgregor as obi-wan kenobi which is great but that's really the only shining light of the show i uh just to say a little bit more before i hand it over to you andrew i think i have finally realized why i think this show feels so cheap to me and i think it has a lot to do with what i noticed in this but Almost all the shots were front lit. There's no really dynamic or dramatic lighting. I don't know if, you know, they've built these gigantic elaborate sets that look completely sterile and clean and they don't look like they're actually lived in or it's an environment that anybody actually would interact in. And then beyond that, it is, <laughs> it's, it feels like a shot with a handy cam. Like somebody just has a camcorder. Like especially the interrogation scene was awful. Oh my god, was the interrogation scene between Leia and Rafa awful in this episode? But Andrew, you made you made a facial expression when I said handy cam. What, what, what do you have something to? to to either counter me or or agree with here. Um, it's going to be about the production of the show, um, but I'll, I'll just give my overview of the episode. Uh, I thought it was phenomenal. I thought this is one of the pinnacle episodes of television history. Everything from the writing, the story, the surprises, the zigs and zags that they took you on in this episode, I, I could barely follow. So Andrew, wait, I thought you said episode. it was fantastic. You said you could barely follow it. Though. <laughs> well, but at I the end, you felt satisfied, right? 
as I do with every Obi-Wan episode. Now, this is probably the episode where I would have stopped. I would have been like, I'm ah, probably not going to watch next week. <laughs> Unless the reviews are really good. I, this is probably where I would have stopped. Uh, can um, I ask I, Andrew I a question real quick? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Andrew, I know you appreciated the groundbreaking uh, use of like, hey, we heard a gunshot and we think one character has been hit, but actually it's the other one. I felt like the show broke new ground this week with the infiltration of the Inquisitor base with the the ID that still works, but we're going to question you. But I'm just going to say, hey, I'm your superior. You're going to let me in. And then, yeah, forget security protocol. I thought that was revolutionary. It's never been done before. We've never seen it. And also, it's pretty common in the military that um, if a superior walks in, you always question them. Okay, so here's what I want to do because I have I have notes and it's in in you know uh, order of the episode. So I th- we will get to all of this. I just want to start from the beginning and just go through it. All all this stuff, the questions I had in this episode. Could I can I do one big picture item first? Uh-huh. So on a movie, the director is pretty much the person in control of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. In television, that's different though, right? Is it usually the producer? Or the EP? I think I think you still have a, a main director, but I think they have like the show directors. Like you, the, the, yeah, they'll have the showrunner. Different directors will direct episodes, but I think you, yeah, the showrunner typically, yeah, Deborah yeah, Chow so like, is the showrunner, and I think she directed. I don't know if she directed every episode, but I think oh, she did. Yes, I thought all she was just a director. She directed um, all of them. I don't know if she's the showrunner. What is your comment going to be? So I, I bring that up because well, when I think of like. Like Miami Vice was directed by a bunch of different people, but associated with mm. Michael Mann. Uh, like it's always sunny. Uh, what was it Fred Savage directed a couple a couple of episodes? And that's he's mm-hmm. obviously not the biggest influence on the show. But when you said that this looked like it was shot on a handy cam, I thought Ewan McGregor is the EP on this, right? He's the executive producer. Okay. He doesn't have a lot of executive producing credits aside from. Have you guys seen his motorcycle shows? I have not, I've heard good things about it. was uh, the long way around and yeah the, they're they're yeah. great but I like I was thinking that's his only experience in being a producer and I didn't know if you guys and I I don't know the mechanics behind this kind of thing that might be a cinema mechanic thing to have that knowledge but I didn't know how much that might influence it because on his motorcycle shows you know it was him and a friend Charlie Borland would go around the world on motorcycles east to west north and I- south or whatever but it is mostly. It's kind of shot in more of a guerrilla style. I, I feel I didn't notice the the guerrilla style like handy cam until it came to the interrogation scene. And I feel like that is specifically because they were trying to make it feel more intimate, more like gritty, like it's not stationary. And I think it just it didn't work at all. I don't want to turn this into TMZ, but I think Andrew is implying how much creative control did Ewan McGregor have on the way this series was produced? Uh, I'll, I'll submit that uh, I, through research, I found out that he pays $50,000 a month in child support. Uh, So I'm going to say the EP tag is more of a financial tag. That's just a, a wild, reckless speculation on my part. If anybody's wondering what it costs to do a documentary where you go uh, for three months on a motorcycle trip with your best friend around the world, that's how much it costs a month. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't think he had a lot of creative control on it at all. I, I, in what 
little bit I had researched, it, it seemed like Deborah Chow was everybody's like, oh, it's in her hands and all that, and then and the writers and stuff like that. But I, yeah, I just ugh. so. <laughs> I mean, I Start- feel like if you're a director on a TV show, you're not necessarily controlling the tone of the show or anything. So I, I'm just curious. I don't know what Deborah Chow's role is. I would hate for her to have to take all the heat on this when she might not be responsible for the story that is or is not being told. Possibly. I yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I, I would assume that it has something to do... Kathleen uh, was a Kennedy. I'm, I'm sure she is heavily involved with it. Uh-huh. I'm... I don't know who that is. Um, She's the head of Lucas right now, and a lot of people are not particularly happy with the direction she's taken a lot of it. I'm pretty bummed because I figured, like, George Lucas was in a bad spot during Empire Strikes Back, and that's Mm -hmm. what it sounds like maybe Ewan McGregor is going through, but it's not having the same influence on his work. (laughs) Yeah, so Deborah Chow directed all six episodes. Uh, We have a lot of writing credits. I was trying to see if we had anything producer or anything like that. I I feel like Deborah Chow was probably the main. I don't know how TV works. I I had just thought of that recently yeah. though when somebody brought it up that in movies and TV the director's role is different. Where like the director is in control of the movie, but for TV it's a lot different. I mean, I will say to Andrew's point, something like Breaking Bad very much felt like Vince Gilligan had his hands mm-hmm. in the dirt making sure everything was right. This show, and I mean, a lot of the the Disney Plus properties, they don't feel like there's any one voice. It feels like a a boardroom, making sure that we hit enough points where we can... I mean, Brett, you literally said in the group chat, they've already made Lego toys of what is... what appears to be an inconsequential, inconsequential scene in the in the lore of Star Wars, but we can sell a Lego set. We don't mm-hmm. know if that's going to be inconsequential. We haven't seen episodes five and six. I think uh, <laughs> Hammerbot might come back into play in a very yeah. Big Robot role. Wangro, I think, is going to be a big part of, of the last two. I don't two know episodes. if you guys you say that, Andrew, but I don't know if you guys notice this or not. The opening crawl when it's like it's all of the faces are the helmets and stuff like that, and it's like the blue and red light that goes across it, and then it goes Star Wars before, like, it's the beginning for the TV shows, it's the new beginning for the movies. Did you notice how many robots and stuff like that were in the, like, they completely changed it. It was like Hammerbot, and then the little, like, disc robot that Baby Leia had in this, and then Kylo Ren was still in it for some reason, but they completely changed it out, and I'm like, oh, this is, they're they're pushing hard the characters that they've established in this series. So, to your point, I yes, I think Hammerbot is coming back somewhere else. You think Kylo Ren's coming back? I don't know why they left Kylo Ren. It makes no sense to me. Shirt or no shirt, Kylo Ren? We talking thick Kylo Ren? Oh, no shirt, for sure. No, it'll it'll be, yeah, he'll see the, you know, a vision of the future. Is he dead? I haven't even seen the third movie. Is Kylo Ren dead? Is that why you guys are saying that? (laughs) Does anybody really die in Star Wars? Uh, I forgot. He can become a force ghost, I forgot what happened until you mentioned that, Trey. I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah. Wait, somebody answer me, though. Is he dead? Oh, yeah, he's dead. Him and Ray kiss, though. But it's like a brotherly, it's like a brotherly sisterly kiss, is the way it's described. The best kind by the uh, the creatives. It's yeah. like if a brother it's and sister hooked so up, but weird. they didn't know they were brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a very you know what basically happens in Empire. It's jazz. Mm-hmm. It's jazz. 
It's jazz. It's jazz, baby. You got to get that space jizz out there. A little bit of tongue. <laughs> Just a little bit, though. Just a little Just bit. Just to see if you can resuscitate them. <laughs> But uh, going back to this episode, I just want to say I feel like Jonathan Bacta is the real hero of the Star Wars universe. Because anytime someone gets injured, it's just throw them in it. I have never seen so much Bacta tank as I have in the Star Wars series. They love using a Bacta tank. I thought uh, I thought that was going to be a flashback moment when they were both in the Bacta tank. I was like, that's some good symmetry. Maybe we'll cut back to the Clone Wars and, and be able to show Hayden Christensen and all his glory. They, they didn't do that. And this this episode's only like 30 minutes, so... I... Yeah. Beyond that, or, you know, the whole dyad thing that they introduced in the sequel trilogy, I thought it was going to be this is where they have their telepathic connection to one another, and they have some kind of, to your point, force plane where they communicate, but nope, nope, we're not going to do that. We're just going to try and make some weird symmetry, like, oh, Obi-Wan kind of got burnt. He's kind of like Darth Vader now. You guys don't like this episode, but it is it is starting to sound like this episode might be the result of them having to edit out Hayden Christensen as much as possible. <laughs> and there might be a way worse version of this episode where he comes in and asks. I I can't imagine there's a worse version of this episode. I, so. I think Andrew's onto something though. Why else would this episode really be only like once you cut out the credits and the recap, it's like 31 minutes. It felt very short. It also is a weird... All right, we can go... Did you want to go from top to bottom, Brett, on how that... Yeah, if we, if we jump around, it's fine. But yeah, that, I mean, just the pacing in general of this episode is is ridiculously fast. Do you think it's weird how quickly that guy shifted from I'm not going to help you yes! to... Oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to help out. This is... Yeah. No, I... Because you said like I don't know the Wrath of the Empire, I remember the Wrath of the Empire. I understand that, and now I will help you. And even beyond that, it wasn't even just convincing. It wasn't like, okay, I'm going to help you, but I never want to see you again. I was like, okay, you're right. I'm in. It was basically Rick and Morty. Like, God damn it, I'm in. You got it. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. That guy turned so fast. So fast. It's pretty gullible. Yeah, to see, to see uh, that's the other part that's been fun about these series is watching people suspect who's going to happen. Like, was it Ken Wall or Ken Law or whatever? Whoever the Jedi is that they brought up. And everyone's like, oh my God, O'Shea Jackson's going to be this guy because he's a tracker and he's going to be able to find Leia. And then it's like, oh no, he's just going to be some weird metal smuggler, you know, that means nothing. It's just like, oh, I thought his character was actually going to mean something, but not, no, he's just broken. He's just, he's just a scrapper. That's it. It really seemed like they were just filling time there. For as short of an episode as this is, that was a completely useless character and scene. Did, did they explain why he had blueprints to the Inquisitor's Fortress? I know he had them for some reason, and he said something about they're incomplete, but I'm like, why does he have these? Um, I think the bigger question would have been, I looked at the blueprints and realized they're not actually, there's no security detail. <laughs> you can fly in in a snow speeder. You can go under the bait. There's countless ways to attack, and they they do not know you're coming. Well, here's the thing. I think that uh, Rogue One will have a sequel called Rogue Two, where they go into the same guy who designed the Death Star with the intentional weakness. He also designed this base. It's just he was a he was an architect on the highest level. He worked on everything. 
So was the weakness that once again the metal detector was a hundred feet from the entrance to the door as opposed to actually making it some kind of barrier? Like, again, there's three stormtroopers, which we've already established are notoriously easy to kill. And like, you can just walk around, just walk around the metal detector once again. Like, I don't, I don't understand any of this, anything that's going on in this universe right <laughs> I, now. I know you wanted to go in order, Brett, but I have a question. The the stormtrooper armor, I know it, it doesn't, like blasters, you can still be killed wearing the armor, but apparently you can also just be slapped in the face while wearing a helmet. Oh, when, yeah, when he gets bonked. Yeah, when she bonks him. Yeah, I'm like that. That armor just seems like a waste of time. Like you're so, just carrying additional you weight for that. no reason. Funny you say that, Travis. Uh, because again, for whatever reason, Dave Fioni and the Rebels and Clone Wars animated series is doing most of the heavy lifting to try and make Star Wars competent again. Uh, he explains that in an episode of Rebels where essentially like the armor that the clones used was much better and it was actually war ready. Whereas all of the stuff the stormtroopers are using is cheap and basically used for appearance only. Like, it's not actually intended to protect you. It is purely for show. So it's like the police. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's You know how it kind of looks plastic? That's because it is. <laughs> <laughs> Why manufacture it? Seems like you could save a lot of money by just putting them in black spandex, or they can just wear their casual clothes and put a, <laughs> a vest on them, like a like a Walmart greeter. You know? Yeah, business mm -hmm. casual, no. business casual. Yes, yeah, just a, a yeah. Tie, but then you don't get slack. that. It's not intimidating to see a Walmart or a Walmart Walmart greeter. Does anybody know the history on stormtroopers? Like, because. I've always heard aren't those German soldiers in World War One? Was this a Lucas? Well, I don't know. I, don't I know. assume the stormtrooper, yeah, because he took a lot of inspiration <clears throat> for the Empire from not. I don't know about World War One Germany, but definitely World War Two with the Nazis and stuff like that. But there was the a second one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was. There was actually a second one. Oh shit! Uh, but George Lucas wanted the stormtroopers to look like skeletons. Is essentially how they were designed. I don't know anything more about like you the know, SS logo. Yeah, the SS. Are yeah. we the baddies? Are we the baddies? Uh, I, don't um, know, I don't know why I put that in my notes, but it is in this section in the beginning, right underneath mm. where it says, sir, question mark? <laughs> you can refer to me as sir. Uh, well, before we even get that, we get to watch Riva interrogate Leah, um, which I think is very interesting because we've established multiple things already in this series that don't fit into the interrogation. The first thing we've established is that Reva can read people's minds, uh, which she didn't just immediately do. I don't understand why she decided she wanted to fight with a child, rather because she's a Sith, a Sith monster. Why not just do what you got to do? Um, and the other thing that we've established is that they can detect children who are force sensitive at a young age, and the Inquisitors come and take the children. But yet somehow Leia, who is the daughter of Anakin Skywalker does not realize she's force sensitive until she's in her mid 20s. I don't understand how that happens. Is she force sensitive? Yeah. Well, especially because they established that and she's the one who trains uh Rey in the sequel trilogy because she decides she's not going to become a Jedi. She trains with Luke but then decides she's not going to become a Jedi. She wants to to continue politics. 
I do yeah, have no, respect if they ignored that trilogy and just went with the original <laughs> trilogy because I, I don't think that she was force sensitive in the original. Aside from no, in Return of the Jedi, she talks about how she always had a, she always felt, which again it made it weird that she kissed Luke on because I think they tried to fix that. Uh, Lord Lucas fixed it later by making it like it's a weird cut where now she kisses his cheek, but like it's an awkward where you can tell that's not where her head was supposed to be, but. Uh, she Wait, mentions what? that she could always tell that they were they were siblings. Wait, what? What are you talking about? Did they? Oh yeah, remember Empire? when they they definitely you know they just, they they kiss in a new hope before they do the the swinging on the on the Death Star. You don't you don't remember that? Oh yeah, I thought you were talking about Empire. I thought you were suggesting George. I thought I thought you were saying George. Oh Lucas no, they definitely kiss in Empire yeah. too. So they kind of kiss in most of the movies until George Lucas decided to in the third movie make them siblings because he was trying to repeat the you know. Do you think his wife tried thing. to talk him out of that? I don't think they were married at that point. <laughs> Man, I could be wrong, but I don't know if they were married by the time Return of the Jedi was coming out. Um, so, Travis, what did you think about the interrogation scene? Uh, my only question was, why, why do we assume that Leia knows anything? Like, to me, Reva kills the pilot that was going to transport Leia it seems like the pilot would have more knowledge of the path than Leia would. Mm -mm. That's a 10-year-old girl. They know a lot of things, okay? And she found her in the tunnel, all right? It is pretty common for a... Uh, I, I, this is just talking real world that a pilot would know the destination of where they're going, what speed, and what cargo they're carrying and all that, but the Star Wars is a little different, Travis. And I mean, mm -hmm. you could tell me that the pilot somehow didn't know anything, so Reva just killed him. But if that's the case, that's something that you really need to show on screen. Otherwise, I'm like, what? I well, even to that point, Travis. Okay, we're not going to go in order. Fuck it. Um, because I just love the entire interrogation is Reva trying to get the information from Leia, right? And the minute she is approached by an officer who's like, I actually have the information you're looking for, Reva's first response is, bullshit, that information isn't real. <laughs> like, she's literally providing you with exactly what you're looking for, and your first response is, I don't believe it. And, and Brett, let's just say that she's accurate, and, and she is, Reva is accurate, what she's being told are lies. If you believe that, though, and you get the alarm that Obi-Wan's on the ship, you don't just leave the traitor. You just accuse the person of being a traitor. You're very confident in it. And you're just like, well, something else came up in the plot. So we're just going to leave you alone with these two stormtroopers that apparently have uh, a design flaw where you can just slap them in the head and the helmet will not protect them. I mean, God forbid the people who designed the stormtrooper helmets designed children's bicycle helmets. <laughs> because the amount of deaths would be just astronomical. And here's the thing, Travis. I'm going to say, I'm going <laughs> Now, I had another joke I, that I was going to get edited out. You edited out I was good ones, I'm going to justify the bonking of the Stormtrooper because we've established that rocks can kill Stormtroopers in Return of the Jedi. So, George Lucas has already established that that armor is weak. And those were the, the, the Emperor's elite troopers on Endor. They were able to be taken out by sticks and stones and bows and arrows. So, I, I'm going to say that that checks out. What I do think is interesting is, you know, the, the, the sympathizers of the, of the Obi-Wan series are going to try and say, well, listen, she let all of them go because in the end, her strategy 
was to let them go so that she could track them. Not that she couldn't have gotten the pilot. As I Andrew know what you're going to say. Did she reprogram the droid? Like, I understand putting a tracking device on it, but they imply that she reprogrammed the entire droid to now support the Empire. When did she do that? uh, No, Brent, I'm sorry. You're missing an even bigger point. She reprogrammed Leia's droid. But the goal was to rescue Leia and return her to her father who is a senator on Alderaan, and Leia is a princess on Alderaan. So if you just take her back to Alderaan, the tracker proves that the princess of Alderaan lives on Alderaan. So what the fuck, in these next two episodes, what kind of bullshit is going to happen where we have to take a a, a divergent, like, is it going to be episode one where we have to, you know, we we ran out of the hyperdrive, so we have to stop at this planet, and Leia's going to have to do pod racing. Is this just going to be episode one again? Oh, just take man, her back to her home planet. It, if it Travis, I think to to take Riva's plan to be even worse, she goes back to Alderaan and tells her dad what happened, and then he goes to the Galactic Senate and says that the Inquisitors kidnapped her daughter. Like that's already more complicated as to what's going on. Also, I thought Vader made it pretty clear to Reva that she is to get Obi-Wan. Or he was going to kill her. Well, he was going to kill her, but then, you know, she explained yeah, but that, that she put a like tracker on. He's backing on. off on his plan now, too. What, what is the plan here? What is everybody trying to do? I'm sure there's going to be a double cross by the end of this. But, yeah, to your point... Darth Vader killed a kid faster than he killed someone who actually pissed him off. Like, he should have just walked in there and, and broke her neck immediately. Like, there shouldn't have been a chance for her to say, like, I tracked them. Can we go back to the torture scene real quick? Because I think you guys, maybe it was just me that noticed this. Uh, if, how large that room was? Okay, here we go, right? <laughs> like, if you were going to build a torture chamber, wouldn't... Okay, depending on your budget, let's just say you had an unlimited budget. Wouldn't you hire that person who did that one? Because it's pretty beautiful. <laughs> it's it is a gorgeous torture room. It's great, glossy black. It, it's got this kind of feel of torture there, but also I would feel comfortable as a torturer. Mm-hmm. Right. I also like that it has multiple entrances and exits. It's not like you kind of tucked it away in the corner of mm-hmm. your you know giant castle. It's it's kind of the middle. It's 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 the focal point. It's I imagine it's kind of like a medical you know where they oh, they watch medical procedures. Like there's got to yes. be like your an auditorium or something stage. above. Like yeah, you're watching the torture as it happens. Uh, there's sure. plenty of room in there. Now, as like if I was in the military, I'd be like, oh, this is a giant waste of money. Why is this torture room so big? Uh, maybe they fix it because I think in episode one where they torture. Leia, that room is a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and well, I probably I mean, would have put that money towards. Um, they have uh, these radars that militaries will use to detect incoming aircrafts. <laughs> well, you don't have to have radars because no one would be crazy enough. And to then, attack. if you were in the water too, yeah. maybe that's enough money to um, put like a, a latch or something underneath. If for some reason you needed a tiny pool of water to sit there. Maybe well, you siphon in that water with a hose or something as opposed to just letting the entire sea come up. I don't know, but... Where are you going to let the stormtroopers fish if you don't have a tiny a tiny hole in the bottom of your your layer? Couldn't they fish on the outside of the layer? It's surrounded well, that takes by a lot of time, though. You know, it's, you know, there's no interests on the bottom. What if you're okay? posted on the outside of the layer? Well, you should be looking out for spacecraft. Not fishing. 
Yeah, fishing's but those, an inside those helmets thing. are they have aren't they blacked out in the front? You can't see anything. Well, in those that's helmets. the other thing is I I like that the helmets don't have infrared. So when Obi Wan turns off the lights, the stormtrooper helmets once again have no function whatsoever because in the dark it doesn't give you any benefit whatsoever. Uh, I have another question since we're on the uh, stormtrooper armor piece, um, which will be most of the episode because this is a pretty boring episode. <laughs> So we've established that they can get slapped in the head and knocked unconscious despite the helmet. But why does Obi-Wan need to hit them multiple times with the lightsaber and still it doesn't cut through them? Because I recall in episode one, you could stick a lightsaber through a blast door and cut it open. But if you swing it on a human being who is wearing armor that, again... Tala knocks someone out with just an open hand slap. But they don't get cut in half with the blade. Uh, well, you see, you have to pay a choreographer um, <laughs> to come in there for lightsaber duels. And unfortunately, you can't just have Obi-Wan walk up and turn it on and, and cut them down. He needs to be able to slap them with uh, the, you know, the plastic rod that is the <laughs> lightsaber. So um, if you're going to spin that budget you you might as well get a, a couple slaps in with the lightsaber uh even if it doesn't necessarily make sense for the series as a whole i i had heard uh, that they they were gonna have a sith lord come in to fight obi-wan in that scene but it was gonna cost fifty thousand dollars and they blew well, that they, on hayden christensen they, i was gonna say they blew that on uh that that was a callback to uh you and mcgregor's divorce Oh, Jesus Christ, my bad, my bad, yeah. Well, the the other problem is, again, that was a beautiful room. They didn't want to worry about them cutting up it that room. It was a beautiful room. It was a so beautiful glossy. room. You're not going to want to engage in a, in a lightsaber battle in there. Now, you will want to engage in laser blasts uh, in an underwater tank uh, oh, where you're man. surrounded with nothing but glass. The glass That's budget? actually, yeah, you definitely, like... You would at you, the very least tell your soldiers, like, hey, do not under any circumstance shoot in a tunnel since it's a tunnel that can only go one way just wait mm -hmm. until a target is on one side of the room or the other yeah we can just trap them <laughs> and not actually have yeah. to shoot them um or at the very minimum maybe set set the gun to, to stun you know because again we know their guns can do that because it's been established in the star wars universe that they have multiple settings so maybe we should just try and, and stun them you know, that's that would possibly be the, and it, you, lower risk of completely destroying the, you know, basement underwater floor. I mean, of that could the be fortress. detrimental to your base. That sort of leak. Mm -hmm. I just Obi-Wan Kenobi is pretty fast, too, because he actually outran all of the water in the blast door shut before any water leaked out. So pretty, pretty, pretty solid. I think so. the most realistic element of this episode is the fact that the Empire tried to save money on the base by having <laughs> going with a thinner glass. You know, we're we're half <laughs> underwater, but let's go with the thin glass that can easily be cracked. They've got the command center that's, you know, 3,000 square feet, but has two desks in it. And they have the gigantic torture chamber room, but uh, maybe just the single pane glass under underwater. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Not to harp on the torture room, but if I rescued a little girl from a torture room and had a lightsaber, I would, before leaving that torture room, probably really quickly just destroy that torture device. Just in case. I would like you for that know. torture device to be out of the equation of things that could potentially happen if we don't make it out. <laughs> it's just one stroke of the lightsaber. 
Unless it's made of stormtrooper, then it's different. <laughs> uh, so as <laughs> going back to a little bit of the, the beginning of the episode, we we touched on a little bit. Tala infiltrating the Sith Inquisitor Tower. I just like that there's this military operation. For starters, she can go anywhere she wants. She didn't have to like call in or like make an appointment to set up. The head of security for the entire place can be talked down and be like, oh, well, you outrank me, so I guess you can't pose a threat whatsoever. And then just beyond that, her credentials would work everywhere. Like, again, this is a galaxy-spanning military, but they don't isolate credentials whatsoever. It's like, oh, if you're a Class C officer, which means nothing to me as the viewer other than you've given me a random title that's supposed to mean something, uh, she can go anywhere apparently as as an imperial officer it doesn't it does not matter what she's actually stationed to do yeah it's also pretty weird that you would have a superior officer and then talk down to them i don't know how efficient the empire is as a military but i i think you'd get in pretty big trouble for doing that in any other sort of military i also feel like the head of security for that place would be pretty high up too honestly i don't think he would be working the desk at the front he would probably have an office very large, beautiful office somewhere else in that Sith Inquisitor Tower. I don't know. I, I think their head of security is probably working remote based on the security that I saw. Do you think his patch was sewn on? His, his you know, head of security? Do you think he, like, was it like a mall cop where it was just kind of like, he doesn't actually have any authority. You know, he's My. kind of the joke. Oh, are you putting this on Vader? Is Vader the executive producer of the security <laughs> of this base? Could be, who knows? Not to, I, oh. I don't want to harp on the torture room. I don't know if Tra Travis, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Do you remember in Lost when Saeed has to torture someone? Mm -hmm. Yes, the French woman, right? Yeah. Would you be more intimidated? Oh, no, oh, no, no. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. It was Sawyer. Uh, it was, it was, it was uh, Sawyer, it was, Sawyer, yeah. Well, Sawyer, Sawyer and he, he Yeah. yeah. <laughs> would you be more intimidated by that, by that beautiful torture chamber or by a guy like Saeed who just has like a pair of pliers? Yeah, when it comes to torture, I think I'd be more terrified by the the nitty gritty. Uh, you're yeah. using everyday tools. Uh huh. Think or the of what giant that could do floating your... orb with a giant needle coming at you. How about that? That's pretty, pretty intimidating. I think I would too. still be more intimidated by plot. The orb I could kind of mentally think of as a medical droid or something, mm -hmm. or just a hammer bot. It's just gonna hit me on the head, and that's that. <laughs> but when someone, if a droid takes out a pair of pliers. Yeah, you, you're you probably not gonna. You're you're gonna lose some teeth. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what they're pulling. Mm. So and it's cheap. I just want to ask you guys on your crossover universe bingo card if you thought we were going to get a Star Wars Jurassic Park crossover in this episode. Oh, with the preserved Jedi's. Yes, the Jedi's that were frozen in amber. I assume it's so that they can get their Jedi DNA later to create Jedi dinosaurs. Uh, I was very confused by what any of that meant, and I felt like it was supposed to mean something. I just assumed that that was something from, like, the Clone Wars cartoons or some expanded universe that I hadn't seen. You're telling me that that was just created whole cloth for this show? I, I have no idea what that was. I wasn't sure. I'm not sure if either of you have watched The Witcher or season one on Netflix, but 
there's a moment in that where you realize that like the failures like they they become eels and their magic powers basically power everybody else's magic power and i wasn't sure if that's what they were doing it's like oh if we have these jedi and we encase them here we can somehow like pull their force ability and harness it so that we're stronger i i just had not only that i didn't recognize i knew that they were supposed to be jedi but i didn't recognize any of them so like it had no impact on me him walking into the the jedi tomb underneath it's a great way to launch more shows you can base it off that <laughs> yes scene. i mean i don't know that there is any other purpose of this show other than to launch other shows i honestly I, that's that's how shitty this show is i can't tell if andrew is joking or if he actually believes they'll launch other shows based upon the the suspended animation jedis because i i, I believe they would it's either they're launching shows or they are, um, when they do launch, like the Leia series, they can say, this person came from that chamber. But the Leia I, series I, will be used to launch another series, which will be the teenage years of Luke Skywalker. I mean, it could be Ewan McGregor laundering money for his child support. I'll just, I'll just revisit <laughs> that joke since I missed the first alley-oop attempt you gave me, Andrew. <laughs> Oh, well, that's what we're going to find out Obi-Wan Kenobi does actually have children. Uh, that he was not <laughs> as faithful a Jedi as we thought he was. Oh. All right. You know, uh, that or he's going to find out that his brother is dead and he's going to adopt his brother's children. So, oh, I, do you remember how powerful he was? You guys have seen the Phantom Menace recently. It's a pretty steep drop off in how powerful he is from like taking down those clone droids to now he can't lift like a paperweight off of a desk with this fort. But that's force, right? this whole episode has been watching him get slowly get his Jedi powers back. Like remember at the beginning, he was trying on the ship to, to pull it to him, but he couldn't do it. And by the end, he was actually deflecting laser bolts back, not accurately, which I can kind of appreciate, but at the same time, can't. Cause I feel like that's kind of a Jedi bicycle thing. Like you don't really forget how to ride your bicycle. You don't forget how to, send a blaster bolt back but yeah it's weird because yeah. this is the show that we all wanted and for some reason it's not hitting the way that i thought it would Mm-hmm. just like most of the star wars material that has been released as of late and by as of late i mean since the disney acquisition <laughs> uh can i bring up one more just nitpick about this episode absolutely i think that would be you know i don't see how great, you'll be able to do idea. that but you can try in the scene where uh, Obi-Wan is protecting Leia in the hallway, because, I mean, Star Wars loves a good hallway, um, he tells her to hide. Where exactly are you going to hide <laughs> in a hallway? It, it, that, that is proof positive. It's a small thing, but it's proof positive that they wrote this script without any attention to how it was actually going to be staged. And... If the script and the set design, if, if those two things aren't married, you, you get shit like this. Travis, beyond, I just thought you were going to, when you were talking about them hiding, I thought you were going to go into the the cloak that he puts on oh, and puts Jesus her underneath. <laughs> or the fact that he has the Imperial disguise. He doesn't put on a stormtrooper, 
Okay, now he has that opportunity yeah. because he knocks the stormtrooper out and could have put that armor on to conceal him. Instead, he's going to walk around as a dirty hobo Jedi that apparently no one's going to notice. But beyond that, he's the only he's the only Imperial officer with a beard, and that doesn't seem to stick out like a sore thumb. I'm like, wait, are we allowed to grow facial hair again? I've been wanting to rock a mustache for a while. I, th I didn't realize that Vader got loosened up on the dress code around here. Like, it just doesn't... <laughs> and beyond that, apparently he's got a tumor the size of a small girl underneath the jacket that no one questions either. Like, what the fuck is happening in this show? I would say it was more suspicious than if he just regularly walked out <laughs> with a little girl. Yeah, Put her in handcuffs, and yeah. people probably would have wouldn't have questioned it at all. Like, oh, I guess we have a little girl prisoner today. It's fine, whatever. We're the Empire. It's what we do. He looked like uh, Serpico. Maybe they just thought he was an undercover. Oh, it was just, a big job. Oh, yeah. There's just there's so much that that doesn't make any any logical sense whatsoever in in this in this episode at all. I I also I hate that they continue to try and explain things that happened in this in the original trilogy that I didn't need explained like oh we'll have the speeders you know they the speeders were not snow speeders you know they even make the common in empire like they were retrofitted that they were having issues making them work in the snow but so we have the speeders i always assumed the speeders were some kind of like police vehicle or some kind of law enforcement right but no it's like we have speeders they're used for hauling uh what is it uh, the, the garbage or whatever it is, the the Obi Wan show. Yeah. <laughs> if 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 the purpose of the speeder that vehicle is just to haul scrap, why does it have giant laser cannons on it? What are those? What is the purpose of the laser cannons? And it's one of those things where I'm like, I know this is where I am getting very nitpicky, but I'm like, why we didn't need a backstory on what you use the speeders for like just have them there because now the throwaway line makes me question what the hell they're like why would you they're not even retrofitted like apparently they just they come equipped with with blasters because i don't know you you're going to try and infiltrate a in, in uh yeah empire it's gonna be a know. lego it's just, set oh it's, i mean they've already <laughs> been lego sets but yeah it's just do you think that know. this show is a lot more popular than they thought it was going to be? It's only six episodes. They might have thought this was going to be just... I believe, I could be wrong, that a lot of this show came up because of the Star Wars subreddit of prequel memes. I don't know if you guys know anything <laughs> yes. about this. Yes, I do. Oh, oh, I mean, if you follow that so, uh, as much as I do, I'm, I I'm like pretty sure... <laughs> Do you, well, so Andrew, are you saying I'm sorry, Brett. I didn't mean to say no, what were you gonna say? It's kind of like the Morbius thing. Like Morbius got re-released because it was yes. a meme on the internet, but I think they they didn't anticipate that there would be this level of scrutiny. They didn't anticipate that they weren't the Spider-Man franchise and that they can make money with anything that they put out there. Yes. Even if it just got popular via meme to pay off uh Ewan McGregor's child support. <laughs> Oh, I, I completely destroyed my future ability to work with you and McGregor. So if you're listening, I apologize. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brett, do, do you to have any me, thoughts? My, my thought is 
Yes, but it could be potential. I, I was going to ask Andrew, do you think that this is a, a result of old executive producers not realizing that they're memes and that they're, they're not actually like a direction like, no, oh, I, people I really think, want this? I think it is the result of Marvel. Yeah? I think that the Marvel Universe has affected every giant franchise. I mean, Marvel and Star Wars are going to be two of the biggest, although unknown to me recently, apparently Pokemon is the biggest. Pokemon, <laughs> most most financially successful ip there is i mean yeah they're no but, hello kitty and pokemon but i do think that there is a thing of um you now have a lot of cooks in the kitchen so that way we can release a lot of movies it's a big reason that i haven't that i wasn't that excited to see um the new doctor strange movie the, just because I, i'm afraid that it's just gonna be too much of a launching point movie as opposed to somebody actually took the time to create an original like fleshed out story I, well, I think Marvel's you, responsible for that, though, because they make a boatload of money on that, and I think they're trying to do the same with this. You you say that there's too many cooks in the kitchen, but at least through Endgame, Kevin Feige was over all of it and made sure it was all mostly cohesive. Like, obviously, there's going to be little plot things that don't quite make sense. They're like, eh, this doesn't fit quite as cleanly as we'd like. Uh, I but, don't care about plot things. I know, like, that's big for you, but for me, it's just, is it a good... Is it a good movie overall? Yes. Like I can ignore. I I'm kind of the. I feel like point, you you talked about in the beginning. You can excuse a badly directed movie if the plot and story are good. I'm sort of the opposite. I can excuse a very bad plot and story if everything else kind of comes together. But what does it say? I, I mean, you like... just watched all of the Marvel movies, and you said like none of them are going to be your favorite, but you were entertained by the overwhelming majority of those properties, whether it's the shows that have come out or the movies. You've still been entertained by it, like yeah. Let me. Can you I weigh in real less. quick? Can I weigh in real uh -huh. quick? Marvel has made movies in the model of a subscription service. A good movie should stand alone. If I watch a great movie yes. and I enjoy it. It's timeless. I'll always have that movie. Marvel, and, and now Disney by extension, has made it a subscription service. You, We're going to fill in the blanks between these movies. We're going to make these shows where you have to watch it to understand the next movie that's being released. It, it's, it's Netflix done on a big-budget Hollywood scale. It's the binge model with a lot of money behind it and not a lot yeah. of thought behind it. Well, they got me because I watched all of them recently. <laughs> how many of them did you pay for, though, or how many of them did you watch because you have Disney Plus? Um, I mean, I bought a handful of them from the Salvation Army for a dollar, and <laughs> I did Which buy. They don't... I bought a couple Blu-rays, uh, like new 4K Blu-rays, uh, and then yeah, I did get Disney to watch Marvel, and that just rolled into Obi Wan. Because I'm just wondering. To your point, at what point does that dry up, though? At what point do you have so many bad properties come out where it's like people aren't excited? When Well, that's, you know, the, that's the worst part is it's not bad. It's just um, disappointing. And I think a big part of that is you put in a lot of talent but didn't use them to their fullest potential. I would have said that for, for the first three episodes of Obi-Wan. At this point, I am saying it's bad. Like, And maybe it will yeah. redeem itself in episode five and six. I find it unlikely. But after this episode, like, it is just bad. Like, it is just, it's just shoddy writing. And I don't know if Obi-Wan Obi might be in a weird category where I think that this got rewritten a couple times because originally it was supposed to be a movie, but after Han Solo, which was a movie nobody wanted, got made and it didn't do financially well, they scrapped the Obi-Wan movie 
and then for whatever reason decide well what if we what if we make it longer what if we make it into a mini series and now maybe there's a lot of if you had just kept it a nice small contained story it would have been a little bit more enjoyable as opposed to trying to fill in all these like weird little things like hammerbot so that you could make a lego off of it yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I listened to your guys, um, what was it? The uh, No Way Home, was that the latest Spider-Man? Yes. And I think you guys talked a lot about how the movie went in a lot of different directions. And I had a lot of the, fa- like, I, I love that one because I had a lot of the same feelings. And I think that's just what happens with a show like this is, I, I don't know where this show is going, but I also don't know where it was supposed to go. I, I don't mm-hmm. know what I'm supposed to expect to happen now for the show. Like, is a Darth Vader Obi Wan confrontation going to happen? Do I care? Is that that doesn't seem to really be set up very much? Reva's character is kind of all over the place too. She's looking for Obi Wan now. She's on Leia. I, there's just a lot to this that I, I don't feel like somebody wrote a cohesive story. Josh, do you have any thoughts with that one? No, I mean, I, I think I, I, I'm in a complete agreement with Andrew. Um, yeah, no, I had a thought. I, I was holding on to it. Phil, for a second. It's, it's weird because if this had been a movie, like... Oh, I'm Monsters sorry, I've got like, it. Like, I'm an asshole. Okay. I've what got was, it. No, what was up? I was thinking of X-Men First Class. Because X-Men First Class, uh, first of all, Brett, I know you've seen it. Andrew, have you seen it? It was the reboot of X-Men. It's been a while. <laughs> uh, Fastbender as Magneto, James McAvoy. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been, it, yeah, it's been yeah, a long as Professor time. X. They are doing much the same that this show is trying to do. But that movie, we're basically taking established characters and showing what happened to them before we kind of quote-unquote met them but there was a level of care in that series with x-men first class at least with the first one that they gave a compelling story that i would i would care about magneto beyond the fact that i know he's going to be magneto later everything in this show like leia is a leia is written as a 30 year old woman through a 10 year old girl and that writing choice is weird to me and then Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi just don't make sense. They don't, you should have gone with the, the Charles Xavier Magneto. I mean, Brett, we talked about it last week. You know, you should have killed me when they had the chance. They're, they're already dipping their toes in that water, but the level of care here does not compare to what I feel like the X-Men reboot did. And that's low praise because X-Men squandered that reboot as far as I'm concerned. And now we'll get to see Disney do it and they'll probably do bullshit like this. And so you've only got so, six episodes. Like, make I would love just make the focus on Darth Vader and Obi Wan. That's the only mm-hmm. focus that you need if you only have six episodes. And you've got two great actors in Ewan McGregor and uh, James Earl Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so the interesting thing you bring up with X Men First Class is that was originally supposed to be a reboot, and then I guess with its popularity, they decided to make it part of the canon of Brian Singer's X Men because. There's parts in that that was actually that I enjoyed. Here's the first thing I enjoyed First Class. I thought it was a good movie. I did enjoy it, but that was when I stopped caring about the X Men because there were things that they did in First Class that contradicted what happened 
in the original X-Men movie. And I was like, they can't like there are only four movies in and they can't figure out how to make this like they don't have somebody watching the story to make sure that the story has continuity to it. Um, but to, to the point you're making, Travis, yeah, I just I don't. Yeah, I don't understand what they're trying to do with any of this because I, if this, and I that's would Andrew's have point this, too. Like, what yeah, what are they actually I, trying to achieve I, with this series? I would have called this a cash grab if this was a movie going to the theaters, but this is Disney Plus, and I don't know of anybody. I've never, I haven't talked to anybody who said like I got Disney Plus so that I could watch the Obi Wan Kenobi series. So I'm like, you, as far but as I know, hasn't you didn't it, get hasn't a bunch it done of, pretty well. Like, is isn't it like their most? Yes, Ewan McGregor went on social media and said that it was the most streamed You say that, but they're losing to Stranger Things. Stranger Things is outperforming Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know why, Brett? Because it's at least a decent story. Yeah, thank you. Yep, precisely. (laughs) I've watched both, and the contrast is stark. Yeah, there's... There's there's actual cinematography in Stranger Things, <laughs> so oh, I just I don't get it. I don't get what this. Well, I'm glad that I came on for the Obi Wan podcast and not the Stranger Things one. <laughs> this was a good choice. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it just it leaves a weird <laughs> bad taste in your mouth because. The... Okay, but is it what you you know what I actually in my notes I wrote my expectations for this show and I bet that. It has met most of those expectations. I mean, did this show... It's probably what you thought it was going to be, no? No, not at all. Oh, I thought this is what it would, exactly what it would be. It, uh, I think yeah. that's why I was more excited about it in the beginning, but... I I had... I, I saw red flags in the marketing, and, and they seem to have turned out to be true. Because when very what? little of a plot is exposed in, in trailers, and it's just... Let's play the fucking John Williams score from episode one and episode three. That's a crutch. Yeah, I did write down that it was going to be generic music. Uh, there were going to be cameos that were more impressive than the story written for them. Uh, mediocre script. Uh, and explaining <laughs> a lot of things that I never cared about. Oh yeah, you've you've hit most of those, and that there would be one cool lightsaber battle. Yeah, we need that. Yeah, we need that in the last. But I specifically two. wrote one, not multiple. <clears throat> and uh, I'm sorry, Andrew. I don't. I don't think it even has achieved mediocre script status. <laughs> like I think no, you were being generous in that prediction. Oh, I thought they had a great story where he was robbing the sushi place where he was cutting up meats. <laughs> I thought there was going to be something there. That's an interesting story. Yeah, I just... I, I, I have been fairly disappointed with with this series so far. So... You you needed to go back and watch all the Marvel stuff and catch this show at the end of that point. But again, at least I enjoy... I have not really enjoyed this series that much. Like, I have watched it, but... And maybe it's just this episode has really gotten me that that fired up but like i don't have a lot of hope of it coming back and being 
and being good in concluding this. And I guess there's been a lot of backlash about how they, there's a lot of stuff that's happened so far that seems to be breaking existing canon. And the writer has, the lead writers had to come out and be like, don't worry, by, just have faith. By the end of it, everything will be will be cleared up. So nothing nothing is broken. It doesn't make sense. I'm like, if that's the case, because we brought this up, I think, in a previous episode. Leia in A New Hope makes a comment, you fought with my father in the Clone Wars, but never implies at all that there was this daring rescue mission when she was 10 years old that Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi went on with her. So like, so here's my question is either Leia gets her mind wiped at the end of this, which is a weird cop out. Cause it's like, then why did you put Leia in it at all? If Jay, you're a flashy thing me. What? Okay. You're a flashy thing me. Or this is what's going to happen guys. Here's, here's my prediction. Cause we're going to get into that part of the show. My prediction is this whole thing winds up being a dream. And Obi-Wan Kenobi is meditating with Qui-Gon Jinn at the end of it. And this is him trying to play this out so that he can find peace with what happened while he's looking after Luke. None of this actually happened at the end of the day. This is all, it's all going to be a dream. I'll, Brett, I'll name your price. Name yeah. your price. <laughs> We're about to say the same thing, Travis. <laughs> I will take oh. that bet. Uh, yeah, I'll take that action, Brett. It's, that's, that's all I can think of. That's the only way they can resolve everything that they've put out there where it will make sense with everything that already exists. It's not going to make sense. Why do you think this is going to make sense? Because the lead writer has said that it's supposed to make sense. Why would you believe the lead writer? <laughs> Why would I? I don't know. What else has the lead writer said? So what do you, what do you guys think? We have two episodes left. Where is this going? We just <laughs> we found out that the, the, the scrapper has picked them up. They're flying instead of to Coruscant. It sounds like they're going to go to a Alderaan hideout. Yeah, aren't they going Alderaan? What did I say? Coruscant. Oh, I meant to say Alderaan. So instead of going to all or Alderaan, they're gonna for some reason end up at the <laughs> the pre rebel camp. You want to take it, Andrew? I don't, but I will. Uh, what I think is going to happen oh boy is Kumail Nanjiani is not going to make another appearance in the show <laughs> alright and why bring him in for okay uh, we're not going to see a lightsaber battle they are going to explain why at-ats look like camels okay um, and I think this will be Leia's exit and yet her entrance, like, it's going to be the beginning of where the Leia show will pick up. But I really, I they didn't set it up for me to have any definitive thoughts on what's going to happen next. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what if Darth Vader wants to torture. I, I assume Darth Vader and Obi-Wan have to fight again at some point, but I don't really see the setup for that. I still don't understand why Darth Vader has a hair up his ass for Obi-Wan Kenobi. There, I, the, the Reva lightsaber battle is going to happen at some point. Maybe that's what happens next is uh, in this episode, Reva and Vader are going to fight and he's going to kill her. And then we can set up the Obi-Wan lightsaber battle for episode six. Uh, Travis? I'm, I'm going to stick to my original. Well, not my original, but I, I think I touched on this in the last episode. I think... I think the intent with this show is for us to care about Reva to some level. I don't. I I I guess. 
but I, I'm going to stick to Obi Wan is going to find about find out about Reva's history. She was one of the Jedi in the Order sixty six shit. She's so bitter against Obi Wan because Obi Wan and Yoda didn't come and save her during Order sixty six. She's going to realize, oh, that was the wrong way to go about things, and she's going to get killed in the finale. Or, or, I love that. Like Andrew thought. said, maybe she'll get killed in the next episode, and then Obi Wan will avenge her. But somehow, Reva and Obi Wan will end up on the same team before Reva dies, because we know that nobody else in the show can die because we've seen them in later episodes. <laughs> what What if that's Reva's whole thing? Is that she is a double agent this whole time, and she's been trying to like get obi-wan she knows he's out there he's the only one who can take down darth vader and she's trying to get him retrained and ready to go so the two of them can take on vader together travis i have one better for you please go ahead we know that we know that these people live because we see them in future movies right what if obi-wan does kill vader though and we find out multiverse (laughs) <laughs> Star Wars multiverse. Oh. We're seeing a different Obi Wan than we had seen in previous ones, and maybe there's a whole different Vader out there. I just saw Brett. I know you can't see me, but I just saw Brett <laughs> die a little bit inside because he knows that there is an element of truth in that. There's all and this canon that's that's not. Or you, there's all this you stuff guys that's not don't even understand. Canon, right? It's already been established in the cartoons that there's like different paths that can go on, and they've yes, already talked. Are. Like fans paths? are hoping that they're going. Fans are using, are hoping that they are going to use the 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 veil of the force to basically retcon the sequel trilogy and get those cut out. Wow! Oh Jesus Christ! Do they know there are other like pretty good Star Wars stuff that like Shadows of the Empire was never made into a sure movie. They could just copy that and that would be good. Or the Dark Forces games you could make into a movie and those would be fine. Mm-hmm. Like why are they so set on these terrible stories? Or hey, let's go back to you know the Knights of the Old Republic yes. with characters we don't know, so we don't have to worry about where their history is going, and we can actually be like there can actually be tension because we know when the main protagonist and the main antagonist fight that they're not going to kill each other. We yeah. already know that because there's already properties beyond this where they're alive and well. So why why not do that? Why not give us something new? Here here's my final question of the podcast in in your heart of mm-hmm. hearts Brett did you want to do this because you thought it would be good or because you thought it would make for interesting <laughs> conversation because it's so bad I just wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one of my friends watching it that's what I wanted to do this is me backdooring making sure I had people to talk to about the show uh, that might have a little bit more appreciation for the universe as a whole than my wife because at least you guys know who obi-wan kenobi is so i don't have to is explain she, is that she to you. one of the figures that she painted from your closet oh, okay you can edit that out if need be uh yeah i don't know i just i had it's now to the point where you had the mandalorian season one was great season two was good and then you had Book of Boba Fett, which was dog shit. And now you've got Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is dog shit. So at this point, you've got a 50-50 split for Star Wars series, if they're good or not. 
instead of doing I, what we think is going to happen in the next episode, we should do what we want to happen in the next episode. I'm fine with that. We can, we can make that happen. <laughs> what do you want to happen in the next episode? The next episode or next two episodes? In the next Where episode? Where do you want the arc of this story to go, knowing what the, the runway that we've already passed? Oh, to just start where Empire Strikes Back starts, and then they just play <laughs> the first half of Empire Strikes Back for episode five. We already have the speeders. I, I For the whole show, honestly, I just wanted Obi-Wan to be at full power. I don't know why we need to do this thing where people are not at full power. It's not interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, it's basically the video game thing where you have to have somebody lose all of their powers and get them back. It's only interesting if you used to be the best at something and then they have to bring you back and there's a montage showing how you got back to where you were. Yeah, there's no montage. No. I mean, there might be a Topher Grace cut of this later that gives <laughs> us the montage, but I don't know. I mean, that's why Skyfall is my favorite James Bond movie, because he's lost the ability to do anything. And you can tell that because he's swimming laps in a pool and he's really tired after he gets done doing it. Um, but as far as where I would like this to go, I would. A lot of people have talked about this series exists because now it's cool to have prequel nostalgia, much like you said, Andrew, prequel memes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, could we touch it? Can we touch upon Padme at all? Like, hey, well, through buddy, Leia, sure. You you killed your fucking wife. Remember that? And oh, yeah, he choked her. Yeah, and there's a lot of fan fiction, and and I'm ashamed to admit that I know this, but there's a lot of fan fiction that says like Obi Wan should have been the dad, or secretly Obi Wan was the dad. Like there was an affair with Padme. The show oh, touched I love on that. it briefly. Did you, did you do the one where it's got the drawings too of how it happens? Oh no! It, does that exist? If, if that's my favorite fanfic, yeah. Oh yeah, send that to me, please, Andrew. <laughs> um, but this show kind of touches on it. Would Leia ask if if Obi Wan is her father? And I remember watching that episode and thinking, like, well, in fan fiction, yes, ma'am, uh huh. But. Give me a little bit more connective tissue to the prequel trilogy. Padme just feels just pushed aside in this. And and I guess it's because Natalie Portman is is busy selling out with Thor Love and Thunder, so she can't <laughs> she, she can't stump for two Disney properties. But yeah, that that's what I would like to see. Yeah. I mean, well, who knows? Who knows? There's still there's still time, you know. Do you think when they made that reference, it was just a wink at the memes? About the father? Are you my... Yeah. yeah are you my, my, 100%, my father? 100%. <clears throat> yeah. I would want... Ditch the story that's going on now. Drop off Leia. Have Reva and Vader hunt Obi-Wan. And I want Obi-Wan to lure them into a trap. And let, let's just see some great fights. Let's pretend yeah. like the other four episodes didn't even happen, and let's give Obi-Wan full strength, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and Qui-Gon can show up, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe he merges with Qui-Gon, and then That's all of a sudden... That's how we find he... out it's the multiverse. <laughs> God. Oh, boy. He would love that. Well, if, that if we're going to do multiverse, why doesn't another Obi-Wan Kenobi show up? So it's two Obi-Wan Kenobis Three versus Obi-Wans? Darth Vader and Areva. Let's do a slightly then, even older Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
no no then we have dark obi-wan <laughs> kenobi show up when he turned to the dark side and then you have like a jedi anakin skywalker show up and now it's just like it's a bunch of obi-wan kenobis and anakin skywalkers and various forms just fighting each other yeah. and then we find out reva is actually insane and she wakes up in an insane asylum <laughs> I'm really pushing for the waking up from a dream at the end of this. And that's the start of a Harley Quinn movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Disney doesn't even own that property, so it's it's a real bold move for them to do that. <laughs> it's just taking over. They don't care. Yeah. Where's the final fight happen? Tatooine. Is it going right. to... Tatooine, Mustafar? I don't think they have it in the budget to film anywhere else, right? Isn't that why they always film there? Maybe it's just back in the torture chamber. <laughs> Obi-Wan goes back. He forgot something. Travis, have you ever seen the Family Guy Star Wars? Uh, yeah, Blue, Blue Milk. I saw it a long time ago. Yeah, I yeah. I, I did always like when uh, they make the joke of, uh, so there's one thing I got to tell you about the Death Star. There is a hole in here. Kind of an aesthetic choice by the, by the architect. It's like, can't we just board it up with some wood or something? <laughs> uh, but yeah, if I had to guess final fight location, I think Tatooine will be the one. Have it have the uh, the twin sons in the background in the lightsaber fight. Yeah. Oh, they have been pushing that hard in the marketing with the two sons. And still, yeah, I think you guys just discuss it. Qui-Gon's got to come in here at some point. I, guess. I am I am stunned it has not happened yet. I mean, they've been teasing the absolute shit out of it. Is it just to tease a Qui-Gon show? <laughs> the Qui-Gon ghost show? Yes. Oh, boy. I, I would take a ghost dad series with Qui-Gon Jinn <laughs> I re- over this shit. <laughs> Again, I just take some chances. I mean, fuck. I didn't think we'd be able to talk about much on this episode. That was a really bad episode of the show. Yeah. Well, look at us. Yeah. We're able to stretch content better than Obi-Wan is. <laughs> so. God almighty. Yeah, some stormtroopers I... just walked into the room. I think they're interrupting the, the, the towel. Just, just blow at them. So... They'll fall over. Just blow at them and they'll fall I'm over. I'm just going to slap them. I'm just going to open hand slap them <laughs> with my left hand. I don't even need my dominant hand. <laughs> backhand them yeah oh boy all right well i think that kind of wraps it up for for this week we'll see if maybe they can correct course and and try and redeem themselves (laughs) a little bit in episode five i uh i I don't see it happening um the good thing is they've introduced a lot of new characters and robots for merchandise, so I can't wait to see the Black Series versions of all these these action figures and see how much they go for. But uh, how much are you gonna pet pony up for the samurai version of all of them? Oh, don't don't samurai nah, don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. Don't put that evil on me. Uh, but yeah. Any last words? Excellent. (laughs) Well, hopefully we'll see you next week.